everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Today we welcome elite runner and now also run coach Shadrach Biwat, who is coachshaddy.com. You're based in uh, Folsom, California. And um, well, firstly, I just want to say uh, thank you very much, Shad. It's great to have you uh, on the podcast and to be able to ask you uh, listeners questions and a few questions that I'd like to uh, pose to you today. So how are you doing? I'm doing very well, and uh, thank you for having me on your podcast, uh, Joe. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be to be connecting again and just you know, catching up and, uh, you know, just talking, you know. Um, I yeah. always enjoy visiting with you and learning from you as much as I can. So just to give listeners an idea, so your uh, PBs for 5K are 13.36. For 10K, it's 28.28. For a half, it's 61.25. Um, and uh, at New York, your marathon PB is 2.12. And one of the things that we obviously worked on was your um, Boston 2018 uh, podium. And you, we spoke earlier, you are, um, you're currently working towards the uh, Chevron Houston Marathon on January 15th. Yes, that's correct. And how's the training been going? Training has been, uh, you know, going pretty good. You know, I, I had a late uh, start. I was injured for since uh, mid-March, and so I really didn't have any good solid training until October 1. And so uh, the last uh, about, what, um, I say almost three months, two and a half months has been, been really, really good. And so, you know, the important thing is, um, you know, Almost, um, you know, 100% health, uh, which is good. And so it's just a matter of just staying healthy and just um, doing the last minute uh, type of training to really sharpen up and get ready for Houston. Okay. Okay. So, um, about your background, because, you know, as a, as a, as a professional runner, um, I guess there are some people that just suddenly decide, I want to be a professional runner. You know, they had somebody uh, that they knew or a family member or they accidentally um, come about running at the front of the uh, field and suddenly think, oh, I'm at the front of this group of people. I'm not bad at this. How did you become a runner? I think for me it was just, uh, you know, all my older brothers, uh, they were all professional runners, and so I had no choice. Uh, <laughs> no choice, but, I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, so in Kenyan, you know, um, you know, culture, usually kids, younger ones tend to follow the suit uh, to what the older uh, brothers or sisters are, you know, are doing. And so for me, it was just, you know, uh, running. And uh, running is big in Kenya, and so everybody just, you know, we we were running anyway to begin with, you know, running to school, running to do some chores and playing outside. So running was part of, uh, you know, our life anyway. And so, uh, but then, uh, you know, you started having your older brothers getting really good and getting opportunity to go to Europe or go to America or and start running and make a living from that. So it becomes one of these things that, you know, from the young age, you aspire to be like your older brother. So you like, you know, your neighbor or whatever the case may be. And so for me, it was just having my older brothers competing in Europe. And, uh, you know, I just, you know, decided maybe I should give it a try and um, look, yeah, you know, now I'm, yeah, I am running. Okay. What, so, at yeah, what was, point? At what point then did you go? I can do this. You know, this is this is this is a this is a reality. It's not just you know a pipe dream. It's absolutely a reality. What 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 race or what phase of what you were doing suddenly led to you going? I can do this. I think after I graduated in college, um, I remember I did this race down in New Orleans. And it was a rock and roll half marathon. Um, yeah. And I was competing against the late uh, Sami Wanjiru and uh, Martin Lale. So Martin, I think, won London Marathon maybe two two times, I think. And I think the late Sami Wanjiru had won probably maybe two times as well. So anyway, we did this half marathon and I, I just graduated college. I, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. and. Uh, 
we got to about 15K and I was feeling really, really good. So I took off and um, nobody went with me. And I was just like, well, wait a minute, this shouldn't be happening. Um, maybe they know something that I don't know. So uh, I, you know, I started slowing down waiting for them. Um, and then uh, Martin Lel came behind me and I was like, uh, okay, you wanna take the lead a little bit so we can keep you know, pushing on? And I remember vividly he told me, no, 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 I'm good right here. And then I was just like, oh, oh I'm in trouble now because if Martin Lel doesn't want to take the lead, then uh, something uh, they know something that I don't know. And at this point, we had dropped uh, Sami Wanjiro. And for me, that was just like, this should not be happening, you know. Um, these are the guys who are like uh, dominating the, the, the marathon and stuff. And so I was just like... Well, I mean, what's going on, you know? And so we ran, you know, obviously Martin Lel out kicked me and then I waited for Sami Wanjiro and then with like less than 300 meters, Wanjiro out kicked me as well. And so I ran like six to 140. Uh, and uh, after the race, Sami Wanjiro, the late Sami Wanjiro and Martin Lel, they were like, my goodness, you're very, very good. You, you're going to be you know, like your brother, you know, my brother had just ran two hours, four minutes and 27 seconds in Rotterdam. And so for me, when they say that, uh, I mean, I was just like, wow, I mean, if, if they can say that, then they must know what they're talking about. So I took it and I just ran with it. And um, I remember two weeks later, you know, I got invited to go run New York City half marathon and I ran like six to 150 in a very, very good field and in a very, very difficult uh, course. And uh, that really just, you know, you know, gave me the the belief that I could do something. And so I just took it and ran with it. And, uh, yeah, you know, I never looked back. You know, granted, it wasn't very smooth sailing at the beginning. Um, it was just, you know, when you're young, you know, you know, you, know, uh, um, you can, uh, you, can uh, you know, try to, you can try to, uh, um, just, it's like learning, you know, you don't, you, you know, you just try and error until you find the sweet spot. And it took, it took a while for me to really, to really like nail it down, but um, glad I stuck with it. And, uh, you know, it's just life, like life, you just take it as it comes and you try to do the very best you can every day. Okay. That's, yeah. um, and, and I, I didn't know that. We haven't spoken about that particular um, scenario. So it's, a, it's, it's really lovely to actually hear that. So I've got a few questions. Now we've got a, a bit of background. I've got a few questions that uh, people have um, sent in. And it would be quite nice just for you to, uh, I suppose, fill in the gaps. That they, don't, they, don't, they don't know as, as, as amateur athletes. Some of these people I know, and I know their, uh, I, I know their, their background, and they were like, oh, I'd like to, uh, I'd like to send uh, a question in. Um, um, one of them was uh, from um, Alan Cardwell, who's a, uh, a, a triathlete in Scotland, who's also a coach. And, and he's, he's posted one. He said, um, to Shadrach's race pace, um, and, and what is that? And we can go through that in a second. Um, where does he where does he sit on his easy runs? At what pace? Um, a major issue for many is that they run too hard when it's meant to be easy. Um, so using his uh, your pace uh, contrast might be good to get the um, point across. And also, in a typical week, what is the balance between easy? aerobic runs and the other work um what non-run training uh, do you do and is that mobility strength conditioning what do you do so i guess the first part is what well, you know what's your what's your base easy relaxed running mileage that you do for the majority of your training what is what is that so uh you know actually maybe i should uh you know uh, uh back pedal a little bit and uh you know Thank you, Joe, for, because um, I remember, you know, we talked uh, probably, what, 2016? And, um, yes, yeah. You know, when I, at that point, you know, when you're young, you just, you know, you don't know any better. You just, um, you know, you're young, you can run hard or every day, but, but, uh, but, you know, you think you're invincible. But uh, I remember we talked, you know, and, you, you know, you asked me how my training and what pace is and, and, 
quite frankly, you know, I think um, if I hadn't talked to you, I don't know what what my training would look like right now. Because you you told me to you know need to you know run easy on the easy days and you know run you know fairly fairly um, you know hard on the you know hard days, but not not you know you don't have to be killing yourself and. And honestly, you know, I took that advice and um, it really it made a big difference. I remember um, I used to do the marathon and I'll run through 20 miles, 30K, you know, 35K. And then all of a sudden I just, I have nothing left. And then we talked about it. I look back and, you know, some of the things that I realized uh, was like I was just running, you know, too hard on the easy days, but you know, at that point, I could get away with those. But it wasn't the best thing to train, and so I, I adjusted everything. And so now my easy days is anywhere from, um, you know, six. So, so like maybe a four-minute parquet range. Just even sometimes I'll run four thirty parquet. So uh, roughly like you know six thirty to about seven. 740 pace per mile on my easy days yeah. especially after after a hard workout you know then i'll just run you know you know even 730 pace to start with and just um because at that point you you know not trying to gain anything i'm just trying to let the body recover from what uh training i had done previous days and so it really changed my uh you know perception on how to to train and uh for me what we talked about kind of align very well with what you know most Kenyans do you know they run you know they train hard on the hard days but then uh, easy days recovery they really run very easy and so um, I want to you know thank you for that because you know uh, I, I don't know if I hadn't talked to you you know what I would be doing um, I don't know you know what I mean yeah but that's you know that that I think is is part of maybe you know as you race you you don't um you don't necessarily notice it but you may be just going out and and trying to quicken the pace of some runs that you really don't need to but in a view exactly. to you know in a view to think actually you know i want that you know i want that mid 61 to get down into the 60s you 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 think that each day is a progress day whereas it could be even when you're staying in zone one. And I think the, um, I suppose that the, the, the transparency behind this podcast is that the connection that we first made was that uh, it was Lee, uh, Lee Pearcy was in California training and he was running base sessions with you. And so then suggested that you talk to me um, about the nutrition side of things. And it was, 29th of December 2016 so almost exactly uh six years ago which wow six years ago Actually, time yeah, flies but ago. but you know and and, and I and I give that uh, you know as an example to people I say look um you know Lee is a you know he's a good age group um athlete but he's not a professional but he was running you know base training sessions with you and that's how the connection was made but that sort of shows that yes you know you can run uh, 61 minutes for half marathon, but you don't go out and every run looks like it. If you're out running at, you know, 7.30 pace, quick for some people listening, you know, that's that's quicker than they can do. But I think it is that buffer, as Alan's question said, you know, what's the contrast? The contrast is, you know, you're running, um, you know, significantly uh, slower than your, you know, five minute or sometimes just below five minute per mile pace that you do in races and you're doing base work, you know, at least a minute 30, in some cases, two minutes slower two minutes. than that. Yeah. 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 And and it's not just so-called recovery runs. It's actually where you build most of your miles is in those, uh, those sort of six thirty, seven thirty area. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I think quite frankly, I think, um, We've been conditioned to always think that you have to run hard all the time to make progress, but I think it's the worst advice that uh, <laughs> that uh, you know um, any any athlete should be given. I know, like even with my coaching services now that I do at CoachShady.com, all my athletes um, they're all qualified for Boston. You know, I have like uh, every you know different people from ages that range from. 
uh, 25 to 80, to like, no, to like almost 70 year old, uh, and they all qualified for Boston. And so I tried to tell them, you know, you, you know, you run easy on the easy days, and then we work hard on the, you know, hard days, but we don't, you know, we don't want to be on our knees. Anytime, at any point, if we're running so hard that we are on our knees, then we're doing it too much. Yeah. And uh, yeah. and it, it's worked because I use that formula myself. And, you know, most of my best races was like when I trained like that. I run easy on the easy days. Obviously, I walk out on the hard days, but I don't, I don't, you know, I don't empty the tank, you know. Um, yeah. Training is for putting the gas in the tank and race is when you empty the tank. And so, um, you know, it, it's, uh, I don't know why, uh, you know, this notion of running, Hard every time came about, but it's um, it's it's the it's the wrong type of advice that you could give anybody, and and I'm glad I'm glad I was you know we talked and you know um, you presented some data that you guys you know done and research and all that, and so for me when I see research based uh, uh, you know I, I just you know there's no really reason not to to follow it you know what i mean yeah yeah absolutely so what what um and we'll, we'll, we'll combine um actually a different question by um a, a, another listener james uh bunce who says you know what what does a typical week look like what does a race build and, and a tapering so how do you change that sort of proportion between a, you know a, now you're um, pretty much bang on a uh, month out from the um, next race to, uh, you know, to, to, to look at that and then look at what you've been doing. How much do you vary the proportion of easy work versus harder work? I would say probably zone one is like, okay, I go uh like maybe monday tuesday very easy zone one wednesday i do i do an interval workout you know a big you know big chunk of volume of that and then uh thursday you know zone one friday i go out um you know just uh an hour 10 or so uh after 20 minutes or so, 25 minutes warm up, so to speak, I'll do some short variation. And that's just like a little, maybe like 45 second pickup or maybe like a minute pickup with like, a, you know, every, 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 maybe um, five minutes and then, I, and then I'll take a, a minute off. So I, I, I do a little bit of variation in, within that run. Yeah. Then on Saturday, just is a you know easy recovery run, and then Sunday I'll go and do a long run, and that's like a, a big day. So I, in a week, I have two big you know main workouts, and then the other weeks is just uh, recovery and uh, you know very short variation on on a, on like on a Friday, and that's not even like maybe it might be like a, no more than I don't know I want to say. 6k worth of you know variation yeah and then and then cool down 20 minutes so like i go 25 minutes then i go maybe another 20 minutes or 25 minutes of short variation and then another like uh 20 minutes cool you know easy cool down so that's about a 70 minute uh run and that would be about um anywhere from um i don't know maybe 17 18k maybe okay okay yeah and so do you uh because this is another part of um james's question do you often do double run days do you find that that's a, a useful way to sometimes break up one of your uh endurance runs and does does that twice a day format change depending on where you are within your um sort of building peaking or tapering does that vary do you, do you do something different now you're in the last month and it and our double run days part of your routine yes i do double runs and the nice thing about the double run sometimes if you have to run so my my doubles is usually i'll go anywhere from you know 10 to 12 miles in the morning yeah 
and then I'll go and do anywhere from six to eight miles in the afternoon. So if I do 10 miles in the morning, then I go and run eight miles in the afternoon. Yeah. Uh, if I do, and again, it's, you know, some days I, I might even go eight and eight, you know, eight miles in the morning, yeah. eight miles in the afternoon. And that just helps uh, the body just uh, recover a little bit. So you're not there too long, but you're still getting your mileage up. Um, yeah. So those double, I do double runs probably at least four times a week, if yeah. not. Uh, so the only days I don't do the double is, you know, obviously on the walkout days, Wednesday and Sunday, I don't do doubles. But then um, the other four days, um, four to five days, I do doubles as well. So I go, I go like um, at least four days a week. I do yeah. double runs for uh, of ten to twelve miles and six to eight miles. Yeah, which is which is you know mirrored in. Um, uh, I must must send you it though. It's like uh, I don't know what the analogy is, but it's uh, it's an, an elite analysis of training, and exactly you know because you're an elite, so bingo. That's what we see. You know they're saying double run days, and they they typically this this yeah about eighteen. 16 18 sometimes 20 miles in a day as a double run day but of course if you're running at you know you run it let's say you know you run at a relaxed 7 or 7:30 for you that 8 miles um it's it's just one hour's running you know it's one yeah. hour super relaxed running for you whereas exactly. if you take you know you take um you know a a runner who's you know their their zone one means they have to run ten minute miles. Well, yes. that means they're they you know five to yeah. six miles, ten k or something. Yeah. So that so and I think that that's where the mileage. It's a it's a strange one because if you're a slower runner, they're out on their feet for a long time. So eventually, obviously, their long runs have to be based on getting their body used to being out for a long period of time because. They can't do a long run of two hours if their marathon is no. going to take them four and a half. So, you know, I think the thing about double runs is, and, and, and I heard you, you know, when I heard you just a second ago, I thought, that's it. You said, you know, not spending too much time, not getting too tired. So you, you know, you do eight miles, but for you, eight miles is a, is a breeze. Okay, you might be slightly tired, but it's relaxed. You do eight miles, you know, eight miles, it, it, it's, you know, it's, seven minute miles that's less than an hour's worth of running and you're and you're done for that one session whereas yes. a lot of people you know if they're doing um you know like i say you know the sort of uh 10 minute mile person um they're they're, they're taking much longer therefore each of their uh daily amounts has to be taken into account because you can't do 16 miles a day because for some people 16 miles is more than they do ever in exactly. days worth yes. of running you know um, exactly. people that train yeah. you know, people that train for marathons and they barely get beyond 16 miles and you think if you're training for something that's 26 miles you've left the last 10 miles as a big question mark because you haven't gone beyond it um yeah. so just give us give us an example so we're in the um you know the the um, week before the week before Christmas, this is the 15th of December. You've got your race the middle of next month. So uh, give us a couple of examples of sessions that you've done uh, this week already. So like I said, you know, like on Sunday, I did a 25 miler um, run, but I didn't, those ones was just, um, I didn't run very, very fast. It was like, you know, um, roughly six six minute pace which is like yeah. you know i don't know 345 per k going out yeah and then when i turn around i started running about uh three three thirty uh three twenty five and three thirty per k yeah. for the for the second part of um of that 25 mile and then um i took it easy on monday i did uh two runs on monday uh, 10, 10 and seven. And then on Tuesday I did, which was, um, I did, uh, five times two miles, uh, with one minute, 30 seconds recovery in between each one. And I was running them at, um, so, uh, so fourth um, nine fifty is uh, 
so 450 so it's about three minutes per k yeah so like yeah. three minutes per k for for 3.2 k yeah you know yeah uh, so 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 455 per mile back to back two of those yes yes yeah yeah, yeah. Like 450 yeah. 452 to 455 range yeah uh, for two miles, a minute and a half break, go again. Same yeah. thing, a minute break, go again. Five yeah. times those. Yeah. And then yesterday I did uh, 12 and a half miles in the morning and then I did six miles in the afternoon. And those ones were just, the morning run was um, seven minute pace average. So I started a little bit uh, like 710, 7.20 range, but then I was finishing up at about like 6.30 per, per, mile, per mile, which is like, so it was between four minutes and 4.25 yeah. per K. And then in the evening, I went and I ran six miles, you know, the first three miles easy. And then the last three miles, I started running about, um, like, you know, six minute pace, you know, I was doing like a, a hundred kind of stride along and jog on the band straight away sprint jog on the band for the last three miles. Yeah. Um, and then today I'm going to do uh, right after I finish, I'm going to go and do uh, seven mile this morning and then come back this afternoon and then I'm going to do uh, uh, 10 miles this afternoon. So like basically 16K. So I'll do 12K this morning and 16K this afternoon. Then tomorrow I'm going to do um, mile repeats. Okay. Uh, eight to 10 times one mile repeats at about uh, four 445 so about you know like 255 to you know about three minute range yeah like 258 yeah. yeah pace with with one minute recovery in between um and so then saturday i'll just go easy and then either monday or either sunday or monday i'll do a long run depending on how i recover um from the mile repeats which i hope it doesn't take that long I'll do uh, a good, a good at uh, like 30K. Yeah. Pretty, yeah, pretty quick. Okay. Okay. That's yeah. a good, no, it's a great, it's a great insight because, you know, to me that, that all makes sense. And sometimes it, it sort of blows people's minds with the thinking, wow, you're doing five lots of two miles at, at 4.55. And then you look at your race speed and say, yeah, but for the, for the speeds that you've run, you've got to do very close to that for, to get used miles. to exactly so, yeah so to do 10 miles of it is water off a duck's back and and this is the difference your quality is based around very close to your marathon movement pattern pace do you know what i mean yes. whereas yeah, some yeah. people you know they're running you know let's say uh you know a, a four hour 10 marathon um which gives them what 250 minutes so for them you know it's something around let's say nine and a half minute miling and yet they'll go to the track and run you know run i don't know seven and a half or even eight minute miling and you're like hold on a minute you're moving at a pace that that is too fast Way, for the distance yeah, you fast. do and yeah. and they can do it because of course that's the thing about training is that you can do it but it overstresses yeah. the body and at the end of the day um you know, I'd look at it and go, why are they taking four hours, you know, four hours, let's say it's four hours 30. Is it, you know, is it, is it body weight? Have they just not got enough mileage? And if doing running hard, as you've just said, running hard on Saturday, you may, um, you may even have to, sorry, on Friday, you may have to delay Sunday just to make yeah. sure you're recovering. Whereas, yeah, exactly. you know, yep. and, and that's very close to marathon pace. Whereas I think if people haven't got the base in place, they quickly go towards the running fast in order to make themselves quicker but it actually doesn't do it you sort of go around in circles and um, exactly. yeah you know what 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 you've what you've said there it, it all makes sense and there's a lot of these uh yeah these sort of 18 ish mile days that are split up as as per you know what james was saying you know there's variety i'm sure you don't want to think every day i'm doing eight in the morning eight in the afternoon sometimes it's a bit longer almost up to half marathon distance 
with the with the second one and then you're throwing in strides and things which never really elevate your heart rate because you're not doing them for long enough so they're kind of you know, they change your leg tempo but they don't change your your zone that you're in exactly yeah okay yeah, that's a really that's, good that's insight right. here's one um but a bit of a I can't remember who said sent this one. Oh, this this I think is uh, Mark King, and he says, um, in your build up to Boston Marathon and other major events, what was your weekly volume? Um, so uh, my sweet spot is a um, hundred and what I say one eighty k per week to yeah. about maybe. Let me see, maybe. So 110 miles to 120 miles is what is what my, uh, when I go beyond that, it's just, I'm just, it's just too much. I just get too, you know, yeah. too tired. And, um, and uh, at that point, it's just like, uh, why am I doing this, you know? Um, so like one, 180 to about um, 190. Yeah, to yeah, to about one ninety, yeah. you know. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's that's my sweet spot because that way, uh, you know, I can I could come back and still hit the workouts, and still come back and do the long run, and still I can still keep that volume up. Um, yeah, yeah. But when I go beyond one ninety, like two hundred, then it's like uh, okay, um, how long can I sustain that? Because then it's like it's like playing with fire, you know. What I mean, yeah, I can mm-hmm. do it, but then, you know, risk of that is you know. You know, getting injured because when you're tired every day, then you're going running, then you're actually just all over the place. You're not keeping your form correctly, and that's how we, you know, get injured. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And yeah. there, you know, there, there are there are obviously classic cases of when people try to, um, you know, think how how much can we do, how far can you stretch that. I think it was the uh, the David Bedford era when they used to see, you know, how many miles there was him and various other runners, I'm not sure if Ron Hill and other elite runners at that era, they, they kept on hearing who's doing the most miles. And I think, you know, they're even even touching on approaching 200 miles, um, you know, 320K. Of course, it, it didn't work because there's a limit yeah. as to how much. If they could get That's, over the injuries, yeah. they came back better once they were fresh. You know, they came yeah, back yeah, better, yeah. But, it was, but it was but it was, um, too extreme. And I think I heard there was a... Uh, there's an example in triathlon when people first started to do the Ironman. They just said, well, you know, how much are the top swimmers doing? How much are the top bikers doing? How much are the, the top runners doing? And they tried to put it to put it all together and train for 45 hours a week. And they suddenly realized that they just couldn't do it. And it does seem right. to be, you know, particularly particularly with with uh, the volume of running is it, it whatever the level of somebody's ability, it's this sustained approach to absorbing what you're doing not one great big peak and then plummet actually chipping away and that takes years for your body to be able to accumulate you know you haven't just suddenly um you know suddenly gone right i'm just going to run 100 miles every week and and that's what it is um you have to adapt and as you said when you're when you're injured you can't do that and therefore you have to wait until your body builds back again yes so yeah, there's that, you know, like, you know, you can only play with a razor blade, you know, once in a while before you get cut, you know, so, and I think for me, I've tried to go a little bit as high as about 140 uh, mile per week, and that just, just put me out of commission, you know, I was just uh, very, very exhausted, and I looked like, um, you know, a zombie out there, so... Um, and then, honestly, I think, uh, you know, when you're just too tired all the time, then then when you go do the workouts and you can't hit the workouts and then mentally you're just defeated, you know, it's like, uh, well, that didn't go well. And so uh, that doesn't really inspire confidence when you, you know, when you go into a race, yeah. knowing that, you know, I, I, mean, I couldn't do those workouts, you know. But when you bring it down to about 110 to 120, you know, you can hit the workouts, your volume still up high enough, you can do the good long runs. And then you go to a race, you know, you're confident that you've done the right training. And so um, you just go out and get it done. Yeah. Okay. And this is the, this is a, a part of, um, of uh, Mark's question. And it's, it's, 
you know what what are the key workouts within that sort of build up to something like boston or or even at the moment is there a workout that when you get it done you will then think wow that's that's me really ready for houston you know i'm i'm i've got that you know that capacity which i guess i would have thought isn't any one session it's a it's a multiple of various sessions but is there anything that once you get it done, it just gives you that stamp of approval to say, right, you know that you've got the legs now. Is there any one thing that you look toward? You know, I think it's uh, really like combination of all the training uh, uh, from from October 1 to when I'm tapering. And so it's like every workout is built such that, you know, okay, next week I'm going to build on this. The next week I'm going to build. So you build these big, big workouts over, you know, three months period. Yeah. Um, to whereby if you go and do, you know, like, um, you know, like two, last Sunday, no, no, two Sundays ago, I did, um, I just jumping into a race. It was a marathon locally here, but I wanted to do a good long run. And so I ran uh, almost 35K, um, averaging about five or four average. And my yeah. average was like 155 average. So tempo pace for me. And so um, when I can do that, um, then I know that, you know, actually I'm in getting, I'm getting in good, good, fitness condition i just have to sharpen things a little bit and then i should be ready to go yeah so um, that was that was, that was 30, 35k at 504 per mile and your heart rate was around 155 yeah yeah yes yeah, so yeah. basically based on my vo2 and like and all that that's the tempo pace you know my tempo pace is like from one uh one when i'm running close to about you know five minute range to five yeah. or five, it should be between 150, 150 to about 155 range. Okay. So, and, and, so, yeah. so that for me kind of showed me that, okay, I'm running that fast, but my heart rate is really, really good. So it shows yeah. that the fitness is, 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 you know, is on the right track. And so I just have to do some few, um, you know, sharpening and, and, you know, Hopefully, I can, you know, make it happen on, in Houston. Okay, so we'll, we'll move on to fueling in a second. So, at 35K, two Sundays ago, you're in this marathon. Do you do you back off and leave a bit and go, right, the last 7K, I'm just going to, you know, let the legs roll in and not push it? Or did you go up a gear? What happened at 35K? So, the plan was just to get it twin, you know, so 35K, good long run and uh, just just run my, my my race i knew that i wasn't going to finish the oh, race okay. yeah yeah, yeah I, I was just using it as a training run and yeah. um so i just needed to make sure that i could do everything i can to get the most fitness out of yeah. it and then be able to come back on yeah. wednesday and go back and do the workouts again so i didn't right. really kill myself but you know um in that run but just get a good good effort in and then because i came back the following wednesday three days two days later and i did um you know like a eight times 2k you know pretty quick so i knew that i wasn't as uh exhausted as you know if i had gone way too deep then i wouldn't be able to do that workout yeah. on wednesday you know yeah. so so it was all about, you know, just putting the pieces, you know, uh, in the right, in the right uh, place. Yeah. So, and no, no one piece, apart from a peak race, no one piece yes. is worth disrupting the next set of pieces that are also going exactly. in the puzzle. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, getting the pieces to go to the right place and just keep walking, keep moving the pieces to the, you know, until after you're done with the training, you could look at all the puzzle that you've been putting these pieces and you're like, wow, actually, yeah, you know, that's what I was looking for. And uh, with that, you know, you, you're confident, you go into a race, you know, you've done everything, you're healthy, mentally, you're strong, uh, you fit and, you know, you just go and make it happen. Okay. So the, you've, you've got the engine in place, you're doing these last few refinement pieces, this brilliantly, um, with, uh, I think more of a, of a fluke than any planning. This brings me on to the question from James Cleland, who's a triathlete actually. Um, and he says, 
I'd be interested to hear about Shadrach's fueling strategy in the week leading up to the race. Uh, what is your race day routine in terms of breakfast, etc.? And then things like snacks up to and before the start. Uh, and finally, in the race itself, what do you take on board? So let's get back to, you know, the week up to the race. How do you, how do you change your diet, if at all? So I try not to change anything, uh, you know, every, um, you know, I'm a routine guy. And so I try to do everything the same. Obviously, a week before the race, I try to do a lot of, you know, carb loading, so to speak, you know, a lot of rice and chicken. And, um, you know, you know, I'm always drinking a lot of water. And uh, so so those ones doesn't change much. Uh, but like uh, maybe Friday, Saturday, you know, I might have to up my... Um, you know, electrolytes into my, uh, my my water. And then, uh, you know, Saturday, you know, Friday, Saturday, just try to just, you know, keep eating a lot of rice, uh, sleeping and uh, just, just, just relaxing, really. Um, and then um, for breakfast on Sunday, you know, I get up early, you know, three hours and make sure that, uh, you know, I get my good, you know, my breakfast. Normally, I would have um, oatmeal, uh, with bananas and honey in it, and then um, uh, maybe I'll have a toast uh, and then a cup of tea. Um, and then I need to be done with those two hours before, and then I'll just stay, just keep drinking my sports drink that I'm going to be using in a race. Um, and those ones, uh, I keep sipping in that until just, just about the race start, really. And then um, you know, every 5K you get your sports drink and you just, um, you just, you just, yeah, you just keep, uh, you know, drinking those and, you know, you, you try to do, um, um, you know, you know, every 5K you get, you get, you get your drink. Yeah. And um, are you, um, I may already know the answer to this question, but are you using anything specific based on um, an endorsement? Are you using things based on, uh, experience or does that sometimes depend on the race itself what what's your sort of what's your uh, fuel of choice so i mean we've talked about this before and for me i've struggled with a lot of uh you know you know uh sports drink but uh now i'm using um you know obviously i'm not i'm not sponsored by them but uh i've, I've been using a tailwind uh, yeah. You know, and again, they never said they didn't send me this. They're not sponsoring me, but um, you know, I bought this myself, and so for me, that has seemed to work, uh, and uh, it hasn't given me any GI issue uh, compared to the other sports drink that I was using before. Um, that just really didn't work for some reason. My stomach couldn't couldn't take it, and so um, yeah, I'm, I'm using Tailwind now. Again, you know, they're not sponsoring me. They're not pay me to advertise this but uh you know for me it seems to work and so um i use that every so every 5k 10k 15k you know every 5k interval through 35k is what i'm planning to be using on the race day yeah um and, and some some of this is, is documented uh elsewhere and we've we've spoken about this uh for i was going to say for months but now it's actually for years what training sessions do you specifically uh fuel and practice fueling and and you know is, is that is that very rare when you were back in october and is it more so now because i think a lot of people out there that you know do their own uh marathon training sort of keep away from stuff either because it, it costs money and they want to try and save money or they have that classic um statement that oh i can't i can't have those things because they they uh, they affect my stomach. As you, you know, professional athlete, you've said you're not sponsored by Tailwind, but you use it. How often would you use that in training leading up to the next marathon? So I use that on my long runs and then those ad workouts because you need to be able to teach your body to to run, you know, close to race pace or even maybe a little bit quicker than the race pace uh, while still consuming this sports drink so you know exactly how your body's going to react and um, make any adjustment necessary to be able to give you a better chance to, to, to get to the finish line as fast as you can without having any, you know, pit stop or anything like that. And so, um, yeah, I use it um, 
because you have to train your body to 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 uh, you know get used to it. You know that's that's the truth. There's no any other way. Um, and so for me, I use it um, you know at least twice a week um, uh, when I'm doing those sad workouts. Okay. Uh, so. We're getting near the end now. Don't worry. This isn't going to be an endurance task, I hope, or I hope it's not. Uh, what's your no. biggest racing thrill or thrills? What's, what's been that? And it might have been when you, you, know, when you were uh, a teenager. It may have been um, you know, certain sessions or certain races. What, what's been the real big thrills in your career thus far? You know, for me, every, um, every day that I get opportunity to go out there and put on a you know, start a race is always a thrill because I realize that it's a privilege to be able to to do that, you know, to do what I love to do. Um, I remember, you know, I, when I finished uh, fifth in New York, I mean, I, I was so excited because, you know, I felt great the whole entire race. And so I was just like, man, this is so much fun. And then the next year I ran Boston, I finished fourth place and, you know, uh, I passed a lot of people the last, you know, 8K and I felt amazing. And then I came back the next year in Boston and, you know, I finished third place in Boston and I was just like, oh my goodness, this is so much, you know, again, these are like, you know, world marathon majors. And so every time you, you know, in the podium and you're racing the best in the world and beating a lot of them and, you know, finishing that, uh, that you know, crossing that finishing line and raising your arms up like in Boston was just like one of the best feeling that I was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe it, it's, uh, it's here, you know. And and so, um, you know, those are the kind of, you know, moments that I just, I'm like, wow, that was, that was cool. You know, that was so much fun, you know. Uh, I, you know, give me like um, motivation to get up and, you know, and try to do the very best I can to be able to, to, you know, get better, you know, and it's life in general, you know, we try to be better every day in life compared to what we did yesterday. So, and I live my life in a such a way that, you know, I'm just, you know, I roll, I'm like, you know, I'm like, what? I just take it, you know, as it comes and try to be the very best, do the very best I can. So long as I know that I've done everything I can every day, um, you know, without cutting myself short, then I'm happy. That's a that's a that's a great philosophy. There are other questions, so we will have to do a a follow up um, after you come back from Houston. We can do a follow up and we can catch up again on these things. But it's a it's a lovely insight to you know to to hear how you approach the work and the the training and how you know being an elite runner. For you is is a a privilege which you enjoy, and I know you do. You enjoy it every day. Okay, you probably weren't enjoying being injured, but that's all part of the roller coaster. But you you get out what you put in, and you you seem to be very very um, invested in getting things right and trying to can get out of your body. That seems to be very apparent from how you approach things. Yeah, I mean, quite frankly, for me, I try not to stress too much in life. I just try to take one day at a time. And uh, some days, you know, it's just like life. Some days you win some, you lose some. And you just have to mm. keep moving forward and just know where you're, where you're heading. And just you just keep, keep you know, keep uh, walking your way towards those goals. So, yeah, yeah. As somebody once yeah. said, some days you're the hammer. That's what we you talked know, some, about. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some some days, you know, the the, the miles the miles are, are hard work, and other days you you wonder how you've yeah, just float, yeah. floated 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 along, done that run, even done that race, and gone. Wow, where where did that come from? That yeah. like there was nothing that uh, nothing that I yeah. could have uh, done to have made it any uh, any easier. Um, so thank you yeah, so yeah. much, Shadrat. This is a really nice catch up. I've enjoyed what now is yeah it's staggering to think it's uh six years we've known uh one another and it's it's lovely to be able to throw input in but to hear back from you the these insights into races in into the theories that it cannot be the lesson is right everybody you've got to be up around that classic 180k because that's just not realistic but there is the you know the principles of a lot of miles 
are easy, that sometimes spreading the load between two runs can be easier for time management and can be a lot easier on your body. But also, exactly, as, yeah. as comes across all the time, you're taking each of these sessions as a building block and they all fit together. There's no one building block that sacrifices any other. So you are just constantly building this capacity to run at your race abilities. But you are seeing that each building block, whether it's an easy seven miler after doing 10 earlier on in the day, or it's your you know one mile reps at, at 4.55 per mile, each of these are as valid to one another. But when they all come together, they give you that performance ability. But, and I think this is to stress to people, there's a lot of steady miles. You know, there's a there's a huge percentage of what you do which is steady miles. And that was that was recently backed up uh, by a paper on the on the elite marathoners. So it's no it's no um, it's no news uh, news flash for me and hopefully for many listeners. But for those that you know have heard it straight from your mouth, that's what you do. You know, the, those that have got the ability to uh, you know to run it seven to seven thirty per mile could actually run alongside you and be hopefully be able to chat if they're not going absolutely flat out you know they could run with you but you're going to leave you know all of us in the dust as you sped off at 455 for another two mile rep and i think that's the difference is that contrast of pace between your relaxed base work and your quality work yes i mean you you nailed it right on 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 point and i think honestly like sometimes we you know we again i think it's that i notion that we've been conditioned to always think like oh you got to run fast all the time to be able to be to improve but um, you know as as you know you know more than anybody else because you've done the studies of this and you've read about this it's um, you know that's not really the case you know you just have to um, you know run run um, you know, hard, but not, but not kill it. Don't, don't make one walk out as, you know, uh, that, 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 you know, makes it all or break it all. You know what I mean? So you, it's all about the whole picture. You know, you can, if you have the whole picture and you know what you're doing it, then, then it makes it even more, um, fun, uh, when you go out there and run these easy paces, cause you know that, yeah, I'm, I'm not here to, to empty the tank, I'm just here to uh, fill up the tank by running easy, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, so yeah. thank you so much for your time today. No, thank you very I, much. I hope you have a great run later on today, and we'll, we'll catch up at another point um, after, after this recording. But thanks so much for your time today, Shadra, and we will be in touch after you've uh, gone to Houston. Thank you very much indeed, Joe, and I appreciate you being uh, being a good friend, a good uh, uh, mate that I could just, you know, talk to. And, you know, because like I like, you know, for me, I live through talking to people and learning and just, you know, um, so so I appreciate you. I just want you to know that uh, you're part of uh, my team, you know, and uh, we just keep moving forward. And, uh, you know, that's what life is all about. Thank you very much. It's a, it's a, okay. it's a very, very, very proud honour to be making a difference to some of the podiums out there. So thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you. We'll catch up soon, OK? Yeah. Cheers. Okay. Bye. 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 Bye.